I'm Liz Clayman. I'm Chris Wallace. I'm Maria Bartiromo, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, July 5th, 2021. I'm Trey Inks. The Pope underwent surgery overnight and is reportedly recovering well. He did the operation yesterday to treat something that is causing internal bleeding and discomfort and is something that is common for elderly people. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Pope Francis had colon surgery on Sunday. According to a statement by the Holy See Press Office, the Pope had scheduled surgical intervention for symptomatic stenotic diverticulitis. The intestinal issue can cause discomfort and in some cases internal bleeding. It's a common medical problem, though, for many aging adults. The 84-year-old leader of the Catholic Church attended the traditional Sunday Mass in St. Peter's Square before the procedure started in Rome. Just a short time ago, uh, we heard from his press office, and he's alert and well, and he's expected to stay in the hospital for seven more days. For more on this story and other news you might have missed over the past week, this is Yonat Freeling a senior Fox News field producer. He did the operation yesterday to treat something that is causing internal bleeding and discomfort and is something that is common for elderly people, aging adults. Um, Before that, being a pope, he attended um, his traditional Sunday mass in St. Peter um, Square. And throughout the time that he was, his um, hospitalization was announced until today, he got Um, get well messages from all around the world um, and he's supposed to doing very well and recover from this. Stenotic diverticulitis is what the Pope had, a condition that affects a lot of adults, aging adults specifically, and he's 84 years old. So this was obviously of concern to the Vatican, but he was treated at a hospital in Rome where he's expected to stay for seven days? Yes. this is. A, he also has his own suite on the 10th floor of the Catholic hospital in Rome. Um, despite the fact that we didn't get a lot of information, the information that we're currently having is somewhat encouraging. And the fact that we know that it's not as rare as it usually. We remember, despite him being a pope, um, he's uh, an ordinary elderly person, 84 years old. This is not the first time that popes are being treated in this specific hospital and have um, health issues. Um, but we, and I'm sure all the Catholic and Christian world around, are praying for his recovery. It's always interesting because when you have these figures in religious communities that are deities, they are living among the average population, but they have this connection to the public and to the religion, it's hard to think of them in just a normal form, like the fact this pope used to be a bouncer. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, really interesting. <laughs> I know he's into soccer, so he's probably monitoring what's going on right now in the Euro 2020. Yeah, and some other, I think, hopeful news regarding this surgery out of the Vatican, they were already pushing his schedule for the upcoming months. For example, on Sunday at the mass in St. Peter's Square, he talked about how he would visit Hungary and Slovakia in September. So they're looking forward to having a continued busy schedule for the Pope. And as we know, just last week, he met with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and also held a major mass on Tuesday. So it appears like good news out of the Vatican. I want to shift now to another topic that we've been following for quite a while, but there are these continued developments out of Lebanon. We saw last week the government who controls fuel subsidies announced that fuel prices in Lebanon would increase by 35%. 
Now, already we're seeing a crumbling economy in Lebanon in the wake of COVID-19, the economy there suffering greatly in the wake of that August 4th explosion in the port of Beirut. The country is getting hit one after another with these major, major events, and they still don't have a government. What, what's the latest out of Lebanon? The latest out of Lebanon is from uh, last Friday, um, where, um, according to the official Lebanese uh, news agencies, the judge who's in charge of the investigation of the blast, the deadly blast from August 2020, is will be able to question top diplomats and uh, top politicians and top ex-chief security people who were involved in that. As you probably remember, because you were on the ground hours after it happened, um, the the blast caused a, a major destruction to uh, the Lebanese um, capital port and killed 270 people injuring thousands. Um, and it was all because of poorly stored um, substances, chemical stuff, substances that um, exploded because of the heat and because of the poor condition it was stored. Um, and since then, we've seen the spiraling down of Lebanon, or the fact that there's no government, the fact that the COVID pandemic is running havoc, and the fact that now the uh, Lebanese, the local Lebanese currency is plummeting. There's no gas, there's no electricity, basic food and and water and medicines. And it just, according to aid organizations, almost half of the population lives in poverty. One in three children goes to bed hungry. 77% of the households in Lebanon don't have enough for food in the Syrian refugee community, which Lebanon hosts the most of the ref- Syrian refugees, almost all of them are hungry. We've saw, we've seen uh, things today, reports today about how they can't afford baby formula, how they can't afford uh, diapers they cutting out and toilet paper they cutting out from recycling. Um, we've noticed the very, very long lines of cars um, waiting for the fuel. And by the time you lined up and by the time you arrived to the gas station, the difference between of the prices that you might pay for a liter of gasoline could be double, could be triple, could be more. People don't have enough for their daily life. You've been listening to Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. I think the staggering numbers out of Lebanon have to do with the exchange rate. I mean, right now, if you are being paid in Lebanese pounds, being able to operate on a basic income, a minimum wage income in Lebanon is nearly impossible. I saw a statistic today that right now to feed an average family for a month costs three times what that family would make at minimum wage in Lebanon. So what the majority of the country does who have access to outside funds or foreign currency is they actually exchange the money on the black market. So while right now a Lebanese pound, when you look at the exchange rate, is extremely, extremely weak internally, something like for every U.S. dollar, you're getting 1,500 pounds, which is a pretty consistent rate. On the black market, it's 15,000 pounds per U.S. dollar. So people who go to a city like Beirut or Tripoli with U.S. dollars are able to survive and actually 
buy things at an extremely low price because when you look at the exchange rate, it's staggering. And you mentioned the World Bank earlier when we were talking before this. They are basically putting out a warning that the situation in Lebanon is historic. Historic. It's one of the top three economic collapses since the mid-19th century. And currently, they're not seeing any hope of this being solved. You talked about the U.S. dollars and foreign currency. There are very limited inside. We've seen two weeks ago, we've seen um, a demonstration, sometimes violent, uh, against the Swiss bank and other banks in Beirut. The army, the Lebanese army, is offering now rides, helicopter rides in Lebanon for $150. You have to pay in cash in order to get some cash into their um, flow, because if they won't have any money, they won't be able to pay for the soldiers, the army will collapse, and people are fearing that the current situation will deteriorate and we'll see um, violent clashes in, in the streets of Beirut and other, as we've seen in Tripoli in the past few weeks. And so without... Um, soldiers that are being paid, no one will be able to stop them. Uh, we're approaching the one-year anniversary of the blast and um, the disappointment and, and and I would say depression and, you know, the, the fact that the, their beloved country is falling into abyss is something that will probably influence um, the, the, the anniversary and, and the activities around it. Yeah, you you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, with the anniversary of this blast coming up, we remember right in the wake of the blast, the government resigned nearly immediately because there was so much pressure, people demonstrating in the streets, clashing with security forces outside of the parliament. And there was this frustration that no one was being held accountable for the deaths of these Lebanese civilians. And those frustrations have only grown over the past year while no stable government is in place to help with some of these economic tragedies and the international community out of fears that funds will end up in the wrong hands, largely speaking, are hesitant to invest and assist in Lebanon. It's a story I'm sure we'll continue to follow. I want to get to our last story that people might have missed over the past week having to do with Japan in central Japan just about 60 miles outside of Tokyo, I believe southwest of Tokyo, a major mudslide killing a number of people and leaving dozens missing. Yeah, the search and rescue teams are continuing to look for survivors in the Atomic uh, Resort. This is a a resort not far away from Tokyo, known for its hot springs. Um, uh, And the amount of torrential rain that they have faced in one um, in 24 hours, less than 24 hours, r- uh, destroyed the houses. We've seen a mass uh, mud going through the tiny hill, going down, um, destroying the homes, carrying over cars, sometimes getting into the house and the apartment themselves. Um, they are. They have rescued 23 people, but the numbering of people who are missing and have not been accounted are uh, rising. Uh, Earlier today, it was 80. Right before we recorded it, it is more than 100. And it seems to be more and more. Um, The videos that are coming from there are devastating. People are using their hands, shovels, basically to dig into the 
black thick mud and it seems that um, this might go on for longer and the hope are getting less and less for people finding survivors from them the images really very very sad but powerful images there as these rescue crews are looking for survivors um, and we saw similar video from across the country at Okinawa this week on NHK Japan the Japanese national broadcaster and showing really just torrential torrential downpour and flooding in a lot of parts of Japan so it is something that will probably make the rescue efforts even more difficult a lot of heavy stories this week uh, quickly I want to get to our good news story of the week something a little bit lighter having to do with <laughs> with covid 19 vaccines but it's um, it's it's a hopeful thing I hope um, the California Oakland Zoo started vaccinating some of its residents against covid 19 among them are the bears tigers lions and the ferrets and Each will have two doses donated by the Zoetis company. And the next in line are the primates, fruit bats, and pigs. This is part of a research because we did her uh, about the um, transfer of COVID-19 between um, animals and people throughout the past two years that we're dealing with the pandemic. And they are now trying to study this and make sure that we are all safe. And they're getting two doses as well. Two doses, yes. Wow. That's a unique story. You're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer. Joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. You're not. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.